No, we live in a crazy world today, don't we? Mom, let me ask you, do you desire your children to be great children? Do you desire your children to turn out great? What's your desire, Mom? Praise the Lord and amen. And happy Mother's Day. Well, I want to tell you something that I just saw in the news this week. And it's pretty amazing. In fact, uh, it's the very first of its kind. It's never happened before. Um, back in 1917, the University of Warsaw in Poland had acquired a 2,000-year-old Egyptian female mummy, you know, all wrapped up in the bandages. And so it sat there for, for over 100 years, and just recently, scientists there started re-examining the mummy with x-rays and CT scans just to see if they could learn anything new. And all of a sudden, one of the scientists noticed something that no one had seen, no one had noticed before. In the belly of the female mummy, they saw what appeared to be a little foot. And so they examined that very carefully, and sure enough, sure enough, it was a little foot. Now apparently, this Egyptian mummy, mummified female, was about 25 years of age, and uh, apparently a pregnant mother. And so this is the first time in all history that... Scientists have ever discovered a pregnant female mummy. And I read that just the other day, this week, just the other day, in the news, and I thought, well, what do you know? The mummy was a mommy. True. Well, today is Mother's Day, and we want to honor and, and love the mothers today. And moms, I know you carry a heavy load. I've been watching my own dear wife for all of these decades now that we've been married. And uh, by the way, I do want to say on behalf of her and me, a huge thank you for the love you've shown us and the cards and emails. And uh, the deacons had a big box put together, uh, compliments of the church. And there were some things in there for us just to just to say we love you and to help celebrate our 40th anniversary. And we're so appreciative. Thank you so much. God bless you for that. But I've been watching and studying my wife over the, the last years there. And as a mother, all what she does and all what she has to put up with and the wisdom that she is required and, uh, to have and, and called upon in sometimes in, in last minute situations to come up with answers to problems and things and having to endure uh, stuff. Well, hooray for the moms. Many of you, if not all of you, are familiar with the name Sir Winston Churchill. Of course, he was the Prime Minister of England during the Second World War and he helped to uh, lead England to victory in the Second World War. And sometime shortly after the war, a newspaper wanted to do a biography on Winston Churchill. 
And so they pulled together all of the sources they knew as to his teachers in school and so on. And they put together a compilation of the great men and women that went into making him up to what he was today. And they sent this to him to look it over before they printed it. And sure enough, Churchill read it over. And he wrote out a little note and sent it back to the newspaper. And the little note said these words, You forgot to mention the greatest teacher in my life, dot, 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 my mother. So true, so true. We owe a tremendous debt of gratitude to moms. Now, my message today is based upon this story here in 2 Kings chapter 4. I hope you have your Bible open right now. We're going to look at it together. We're going to look at the life of this great mother. We're going to draw some conclusions and make some applications here. And I do hope that, that you listen with an open heart today. You might think, well, I'm not a mother, so this, this sermon doesn't apply to me. Well, it just might. If you'd listen with all your heart, I think you'll find some application here for you too. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask him to bless our hearts with the scriptures today. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for all of the moms. And dear Lord, I counted something like 64 mothers that are connected with our little church. And I thank you for each and every one. And Heavenly Father, I pray that you would continue to encourage and strengthen and build these mothers. Some of them, their children are very young. Some of them, their children are, are actually old and have grown up and moved out and they have families of their own. But they're all important. A mother is never out of a job. And she's always called upon all her life for her motherly skills. And this is true. And so, Heavenly Father, we ask that you would bless now this time and strengthen all of us. Father God, I pray for the young people that they would get a, a good message of faith today. I pray for the, the fathers. Now, they'll never be mothers, but the fathers, they need this too. And so help us all to listen with all our heart today for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Well, let's begin with a little definition. What does the word mother mean? Hmm? What does the word mother, M-O-T-H-E-R, what could that possibly mean? Well, for those of you who are not sure, the word mother means the origin. That's what it means. The origin, or perhaps you could say the source. Now, we see this even back as far as Genesis chapter 3, verse 20, when Adam gave the name to his wife, and he called her Eve, E-V-E. -E. Uh, we pronounce it Eve, but it's uh, Chava in, uh, in Hebrew, Chava, and it, it means life. It says, because she was the, uh, the, the, living of, uh, the mother of all living. And so we get the, the indication right there of the idea of what a mother is. But a mother is more than that. Just because a, a woman gives birth to a child does not necessarily make her a, a, a great mother with a great mother's heart. 
Billions of people have been born into the world over the years. Billions and billions. I think I read somewhere where they estimate the total world population since the days of Adam and Eve. Something like 15 billion people have lived. I read that somewhere and of course I can't tell you if it's an accurate number or not. But only the Lord knows. But I suppose it's something like that. But out of all of those who have given birth, we know that not all of those ladies were great mothers. Right? You know, there's um, examples in the Bible of uh, some ladies that uh, really are not what you want your son to marry. Uh, Delilah. That's the lady that Samson got mixed up with. You know, mm, sorry, no, she's off the list. She was a real gold digger is what she was, an opportunist. And she led to the downfall of Samson. And of course, uh, Jezebel. How about Jezebel, the wife of Ahab? And Jezebel was instrumental in further destroying the nation Israel, the uh, ten northern tribes. And she did everything she could to lead her husband into sin. And she was the one who threatened to kill Elijah. I mean, her letter was so strong to him that he got scared and took off. He got depressed. She was a bad woman. So even though she was also a mother, I don't think she was a good mother. I think that the lady we have in Scripture before us is an excellent example of a good mother. And we want to talk about that. Now this happened somewhere around 850 B.C., in a place called Shunem. Shunem is uh, up more in the northern section of Israel around the Sea of Galilee area. It's about 60 miles north of Jerusalem, something like that. And so we pick up the story here. Elisha ends up in Shunem. And so verse 8, And it fell on the day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman. And she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. Every time his ministry took him to Shunem, this lady was encouraging him. Thou man of God, come in, come in, eat bread with us. I believe that this woman was a great woman of character that we will see in just a moment. I believe she was highly regarded by her townspeople. And she was given to hospitality. She was really a great lady in this respect. Now, she was not a mother at this point. She had no children. Verse number 9, she had great spiritual perception. She said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is an holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. And she was a generous woman. Look at verse 10. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed, and a table, and a stool, and a candlestick. And it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. And so here was this, this lady in Shunem. And she was, I am sure, a really nice lady. And I think that her townsfolk knew that and that she was well-liked. She was outgoing. She was generous. She was compassionate, it seems. She had spiritual perception. She had great character. I think that's why the Bible calls her a great woman because of her character. And so... What God did was reward her. Look in verse 17. 
It says, And the woman conceived and bare a son at that season that Elisha had said unto her, according to the time of life. And so, here she is, being given uh, the heritage of the Lord. You know, Psalm 127, Children are a heritage of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is his reward. And so we have verse 18 and 19. And when the child was grown, now, he wasn't a big teenager. Um... He wasn't 20 years of age. He was, he was still on the younger side. So he hadn't fully grown. But it says, When the child was grown, it fell on a day he went out to his father, to the reapers. And so this may well have been around the time of harvest. And the son is stronger during those days. Verse 19, And he said unto his father, Here's the boy talking to his father. He says, My head, my head. So we're not sure, but it's possible the boy could have gotten heat stroke. And he, the father, said to a lad that was a young man working there in the field with him, carry him to his mother. I'd like you to underline those words there in your Bible. Would you do that? Carry him to his mother. Possibly the mother didn't know anything what was going on and and, of course, didn't perceive the seriousness of it either. But uh, we come to verse 20, and we find that uh, it came, and when he had, he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her, her knees. That's why we don't think he was a fully grown son. He was still on the younger side, the tender of years, let's say. He, he sat here on his mother's knees till noon and then died. Right there died in his mother's arms, sitting on her knees. She was there to comfort him. She wasn't sure what, what was happening here. But somewhere around 12 noon, the boy dies. And so what she does is she conceals her grief from her husband. Perhaps she knew that if her husband knew the boy was dead, maybe it would, he would come unglued. Maybe the father... The husband, working out in the field, possibly he would have had a heart attack himself. And so, she thought this would, would be best for the situation. And she decided to go see that man of God. She decided she needed to get in there and see the man of God. I'd like to remind you, please, of another woman, another mother, who went in to see not just the man of God, but went in to see God himself. And you'll find that, of course, in Matthew chapter 15. It's the story of the Canaanite woman or the Syrophoenician woman who had the daughter that was demon-possessed. And it was a horrible, horrible, nightmarish kind of life to live with that young girl in the house. And so the mother heard about Jesus and believed that, she was, that, that he was God and went to see Jesus and you know the story, how she wouldn't be turned away and she prevailed and she got the answer to her prayer request. And that's a very important lesson, I think, for mothers when they perceive something wrong, terribly wrong in the life, in the heart of their son or their daughter. They need to go to the great physician. They need to go to the one who's able to, to fix problems and to to, to cure maladies and make things right. There's a good lesson there. 
And so, um, the next couple of verses up she, she got here. She's, um, verse 24, um, let's see, she, she'd, asked, she'd asked her husband for a young man to, to help uh, to take her to see the, the man of God. And verse 24, um, then, oh, listen, I've got to tell you something first. In the end of verse 23, um, he, the husband, said, Wherefore wilt thou go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. So he's wondering, why are you going to see the man of God? But she said, it shall be well. In the Hebrew, that's shalom. Shalom. Now, that's a word that many of us are familiar with. That's an important word amongst the Jews today. And when they often greet one another, they'll often use the word shalom. And when they depart, they'll often use the word shalom. Now, of course, not all of them do. But many of them do. I remember hearing uh, from one of the ladies that used to attend our church many, many years ago. She's died. She's gone to heaven. But she told us that when her and her husband went to visit over in Israel, they were part of this big tour group. And she came in and there was all of the customs that you've got to go through, open your bags and all that stuff. And she was so thrilled, thrilled to be there in Israel that she just blurted out, Shalom! And the people, uh, the Jewish people standing there at customs, they beamed back at her, Shalom! And then she said, the strangest things happened. They just let her and her husband just go right through. Everyone else, they went through all of their bags with a fine-tooth comb. But her and her husband, they just kind of passed them through. So I thought that was pretty cool. So when my wife and I went to Israel and we got to customs, Guess what I said? I said, Shalom! And they said, Shalom, open your bags. So it doesn't always quite work, you know, that, that way, right? But uh, it's still a good greeting, Shalom. And it means peace and blessing and prosperity and health and all those good things. That's what it means. And so this is what the mother said to the father. She said, Shalom. And meaning it's going to be okay. So verse 24. She saddled the ass and said to her servant, Drive and go forward. Slack not thy riding for me except I bid thee. And so you guesstimate that they were doing about five miles an hour. That's not very fast. About five miles an hour. I mean it's a, it's a brisk walk for the servant. And she's there bumpity bump on the, the, um, the donkey there. And so, anyhow, five miles an hour. And let's see, where are they going here? Um, verse 25. And she went and came unto the man of God to Mount Carmel. Okay, that's probably 15 miles away from Shunem. And so at five miles an hour, 15 miles, three-hour trip. Okay? Three-hour trip to get there. And if she left at noon... Because that's when the boy died, was at noon. I imagine that <coughs> she left very shortly thereafter. She didn't let the grass grow under her feet. She had a mission because her boy's life was at stake here. So um, she leaves her, her husband there in the farmer's field. And by the way, the farmers back then often would stay in the field night and day until the harvest was done. And they would do this to watch over because there's 
There were thieves back then, just as there are thieves today. And so they would stay in the field. I got a story I'm going to tell you one day, back in Ottawa at our last church, how we were robbed of a bunch of building materials. I had no idea this would happen. I thought they were safe there, but thieves broke through and stole. That happened to us. I'll tell you about that another time. But anyhow, for now, she goes 15 miles, uh, and she gets there maybe about 3 in the afternoon. Okay, let's look here at verse number 32. And um, when Elisha was come into the house, uh, behold, let's see here, behold, the child was dead and laid upon his bed. And verse 33, he went in therefore and shut the door upon them twain and prayed unto the Lord. Now remember, Elisha, he comes back now with the lady back to Shunem. So there's another three hours, so it may be 6 p.m. at this point. Maybe, maybe 6.30, we don't know. And so he gets in the house there, and sure enough, the boy is dead. And so he, uh, he prays unto the Lord, verse 33, verse 34, And he went up and lay upon the child, and put his mouth upon his mouth, and his eyes upon his eyes, and his hands upon his hands. And he stretched himself upon the child, and the flesh of the child waxed warm. This is a miracle. Because the boy was dead and his flesh was cold. Now look at verse 35. Then he returned and walked in the house to and fro and went up and stretched himself upon him. And the child sneezed seven times. Now you might say, Pastor, why did the child sneeze seven times? Well, the answer is because he didn't sneeze six times or eight times. That's the simple answer. The complicated answer is we don't know. But he sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. He is alive! She had her boy back. What a miracle! You know, I am so excited when I read stories like this in the Scriptures. Don't you just love stories like this? Where God gets the glory, the miracle is done. You know, the help comes in the nick of time. Wow! These are faith building and strengthening stories. And we need them, folks. We need them. And this one here is around a godly woman here. Great story. Now, having said that, I must hasten to say that often in the news, we'll see some pretty sad stories and even some horrible stories. And lately, there's been stories in the news of mothers who have murdered their own children. Yes, you heard that right. Mothers who have murdered, and I won't go into any details, but they killed their, their boy, their girl. Sometimes there were a couple of boys and a couple of girls, a few children, and they killed them, folks. They killed them. And that just absolutely breaks my heart. And I, I can't fathom how a mother could come to that point in her life. But we're talking about unsaved women who got their heads all filled with fantasies or or crazy evilness or that were on horrible drugs and things. This sort of thing wouldn't happen if the mothers were saved, born again, part of God's family. It wouldn't happen if they loved the Lord and were living their life for Jesus Christ. 
Stories like that in the news wouldn't happen. Now you say, that's, that's really bad. And I agree with you. That is horrible. But let me ask you this. What about stories of mothers who allow the character of their children to be destroyed? Oh, they wouldn't put a gun to their, the head of their child or a knife to their throat. But their character, their heart and soul, their habits, their belief system of right and wrong. They just let it go to the dogs. Let it go to the world. And they may even encourage worldliness in their children. What do you think about that? That doesn't sound good, does it? That's not the job. That's not the job God gave to a mother. God gave the job of nurturing those children up in the the things of the Lord and helping them to become good, honest, solid, productive, trustworthy, and happy people. It's no small task to be a wonderful mom, to be a great mom. And it's a job that really, as I said earlier, you're never out of a job. Even when your children are grown and have moved out, you're still mom. And you're still called upon. And maybe you have to learn some new skill sets after your children move out. When they were young, you would tell them, come, they would come, go, they would go. But now they're they're adults with lives of their own. And you don't tell them, come, and you don't tell them, go. And you have to learn a new set of skills in order to continue the mom-ship in their lives. But I am discouraged when I see or hear of moms that have let their children just go to the dogs. And the, and the world and the flesh and the devil himself will scoop up those kids and use them to do horrible things. And their lives will be destroyed. Oh, I'm telling you, the job of a good mom, a godly mom. And we've got, a, I believe, a godly mom right here. This, this woman here in Shunem. And she was a woman of great character. I tend to think she probably learned that from her mom and dad. Where are our children going to learn those values if they don't learn them from us? And I believe that it's the job of mom and dad. Today we're talking about mom. So let's say the job of mom to do everything she can to raise the children. To know who Jesus is and to love the Lord and to live good, honest, godly lives. I think that's so very important. When we study Proverbs chapter 31 of the virtuous woman and we study 1 Peter chapter 3, another virtuous lady. It's more of in a hypothetical situation in chapter 3 of 1 Peter, but a virtuous woman nonetheless. With an unsaved husband there in 1 Peter chapter 3, watching the godly character of his wife. And that's what will help draw him to the Savior. Well, we need moms today that are more concerned with raising great children rather than owning great furniture. Can we say that? We need moms who understand the needs, the real needs of their children more than they understand the needs of the business that they might work for. Carry him to his mother. That's what the father said. Why did he say that? Because he knew what kind of wife he had married. 
He knew the tremendous character of this woman. This boy is having trouble. Carry him to his mother. His mother will know what to do. His mother is a smart, godly woman. She'll be able to look after him. The father didn't realize how serious it was. He was out there looking after the needs of the family and the year, yearly end there, the harvest time. Extremely important. Everything depended on the harvest. So he had to be there. And he gave specific command. Carry him to his mother. Say, listen, mom. If somehow you were this lad's mother, would you have known what to do? If you were the one living back then in Shunem, and the servant carried your boy to you and you put him on your knees, would you have known what to do when suddenly your boy gives up the ghost? So where did this, where did this mother learn this? Oh, she was a great mom, wasn't she? She was. And you know, sometimes God gives wisdom just when you need it. And that may have been what happened here. But I believe with all my heart we need mothers today who will teach their children how to love and how to obey God. If you can accomplish at least that one thing in their lives, you've won. Teach them how to love God and how to obey God. Mom, do that. If you want to be a great mom, we need mothers, I believe, that will teach their children respect for authority. Because we look around and we live in a lawless society today, don't we? Everyone's angry. Everyone wants their own rights. No one wants to respect and obey authority. The Bible tells us that God is the one who gives us authorities. Mom, teach your children to respect authority. We need mothers who will teach their children proper manners and social graces. That is so important. We need mothers who will teach their children proper communication skills. There's nothing wrong with saying, yes sir, yes ma'am, no sir, no ma'am. There's nothing wrong with showing respect. There's nothing wrong with that. There's everything right about that. We need mothers today who will teach the boys how to be boys and dress like boys and how to teach the girls to be girls and dress like girls. Now I might get some flack over that one. But we still need mothers today who will teach their children character of responsibility and stickability. Not giving up. That is so important. We need mothers who will teach their children the character quality of honesty. And to own up when they, when they make a mistake or they do something wrong. To be honest about it. And teach the children integrity, moral uprightness. To teach the children faithfulness and stickability to tasks. To teach the children humility. And to teach the children how to pray. Mom, what a, an opportunity to hit a home run here. To... to to really ace it. Mom, what an opportunity to be a great mom. Don't settle just to be a mediocre mother. Don't settle for that. It's like too many dads. You know, they've, they've fathered children and then they just kind of step out of their lives and they concern themselves with their own little world. There are mothers like that too. 
And I read in the news, sadly, about a mother who left her child at home alone, all alone. I mean like a little two, three-year-old, alone, totally alone, while she went out partying. And she was gone for like a day, two days. She got back home and found out the child was dead and the police were there and horrible things. And there are mothers like that. It's unbelievable, but it's true. There are mothers in the world who try to sell their children for money. They try and sell their kids. These mothers need to go to God and cry out to God. They need to cry out to God if they have needs of food and clothing and shelter. Cry out to God if they have needs of of wisdom and health. Cry out to God. No, we live in a crazy world today, don't we? Mom, let me ask you, do you desire your children to be great children? Do you desire your children to turn out great? What's your desire, Mom? If you desire your children to be honest and upright, you desire your children to be godly, what must you do? Well, you yourself must be great. Because they say water doesn't rise higher than its source. You cannot live a a loose life and have great kids because your kids will take after you and will take it even further down. You see that in the successive children in the kings of the northern Israel in the Old Testament. They went from bad to worse to horrible to unbelievable to insane. They kept going down. And it's just going to be the same. You know, a mediocre mom is going to produce, at the best, mediocre kids. But listen, I need to say this. And listen up, you fathers. And listen up, you children. This is important. Mom, the mom in your home. Listen, some of you don't even realize this. What an incredible, loving machine mom is. God has made her with such a heart and spirit about her. She is able to love and show compassion where others would throw up their hands and walk away. She is able to get in there and work and not complain and not quit where others would would say, ah, I'm out of here. Listen to me, fathers. Listen to me, children. That mom in your home. You need to get on your knees to God and thank God for her. She is an incredible machine of love, an incredible woman. She has incredible capacity. But I'll tell you what. She needs your help and your encouragement. She needs you cheering her on and helping her and rolling up your sleeves and getting in there and and showing her love and showing her patience and showing her understanding. She needs that in order to be better. If you don't think your mom's very much, maybe you're to blame. Maybe you haven't done your part. Maybe you haven't gotten in there and helped your mom. I I call upon you. Get in there and protect her and pray for her 
and love her and encourage her and ask her what you can do to help. That's how you're going to get a great mom in your home. Now, you may already have a great mom and she's going to be a greater mom. That's how it works. Everyone has their job to do. But mom, how do you become great? Well, you need to spend more time with Jesus then, don't you? You need to draw in close to God. You need to live with God. You know, this has been a very hard year for us all. COVID has changed the world, hasn't it? And it's made things hard for us to live at our homes, at our work, even here at the church. It's not easy. And it's hard for all of us. And so for that reason, I take my hat off to you moms. You've had to do extra work. You've had to do double duty. You've had to roll your sleeves up past the shoulders, not just the elbows. I take my hat off to you. Pat yourself on the back, Mom. Praise the Lord for your... You know, they say a soldier, a, a uniform does not make a soldier, right? You can put on a uniform, but that doesn't make you a soldier. But it's the battle, the heat of the Holocaust that brings the soldier out. This past year has been a, a tough one. And hallelujah for all you moms who have risen to the task. You have proven your worth once again. Praise the Lord. All heaven rejoices. James chapter 4 verse 8. Draw nigh to God and God will draw nigh to you. I believe that this woman in Shunem did just that. And when she needed help and she needed wisdom and she needed a miracle, God supplied. And I want to encourage all of the moms today. Spend that time with the Lord Jesus every day. Make that time. Spend that time with Jesus. Your Bible and prayer with Jesus every day. Walk with God. That's going to be the source of your strength, Mom. That's what you need. And dad and children, you protect mom. You get around and protect her and encourage her and ask her, what can I do to help? And don't be one of those who only shows mom some affection once a year on Mother's Day. Don't, don't do that. You show her love and affection throughout the year because she is there for you Throughout the year. Not just one day in the year. Isn't that right? Amen for the moms. Someone write an amen. Praise the Lord for the moms. Mom, you're never going to be out of a job. Because we're going to need you. Not just the kids, but the dads as well need the moms. Let's be honest. Oh, listen, I want to encourage you. Every one of you. To be great in the eyes of the Lord. I want to encourage every single one of you watching today. Make a decision. That you're going to be better. Today than you were yesterday. You can do that in prayer. I encourage you right now. All the moms and dads. Young people. All of you watching. 
close your eyes, bow your head. Let's go to the Lord right now in prayer. Would you do that? Can we do that? Let's pray now. Let's all close our eyes. Heavenly Father, right away we want to thank you for all the moms. Every single one. And dear Lord, some of us have moms that are living far, far away. Some of us have moms that are not living here on earth anymore. They're in heaven. And some of the moms, we don't know where they are. We're just not sure. Now, our dear Father, we give you thanks for all of the moms. And we pray for the moms of this church, connected with this church. And Father, we pray your special blessing of wisdom, health, peace, joy, love. Fill them with the Holy Spirit. Help them. Teach us how to help them. Not just you help them, Father, but show us what we can do to help them as well. Father, bless them. Now I pray for all of the the dads and all of the men and women, all of the children, all of the rest of us, that in our heart of hearts right now, we would pray, Lord, I want to be better. Not just the moms, but I want to be better too. Father, help us to pray this way daily and to put our eyes on Jesus because we just never know when He's coming back. This may well be the year. So, Father, help it to be our best. And we'll thank You and praise You. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.